I bought um, £30 worth of spices. It's arrived Ooh. today. What did you get for £30? Oh, I got it all, mate. I got... Um, <laughs> I've got it all. I've got some incense sticks as well because they were on the website for only seventy five p. Slam those in the in the in the cart. Oh hell yeah! Where'd you go to get your little spice explosion? Asian cook, Asian supermarket, something like that. Asian cookware, something. I don't know. Uh, but now I need a load of jars. I've been asking 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 the ladies at work to bring in um, glass jars, um, so I can put them all in instead of having all the little plastic pe- packets. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so Rachel, bless her, even bought in a label maker for me. So I've been printing out labels for my little spice jars. Such an old man. I, I, well, I don't <laughs> say you don't sound as impressed as I do. One day you're young and carefree, and the next day you're <laughs> excited Mate. for a label maker with spices. I, I love it. I had the absolute version of this the other day where I was at my mate's house and I was having a wee I was like that was a fucking great looking toilet brush and I was like yeah that is like that is great it looks way better than mine I'm going to buy that when I get home I was like, what is going on in my life earlier about I was <laughs> saw a rug <laughs> in the charity shop and I was like that's really what my room needs to tie it together is a rug <laughs> it's a rug fucking hell it's bad enough nah you've picked me we're at a good point in life rug time obviously Obviously, you think about rugs. Well, that might help with the echo. Okay. That might help with the echo, though. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Tell you once I've got the cardboard studio up and running, that's all I'm going to need. Hello, and welcome to Pisces. We're playing the Delta Green campaign, Impossible Landscapes, by Dennis Detweiler, adapted to be set in the UK. My name is Rich, and I'm the handler. My players are Jordan as Working Agent Nero, and Ed as Working Agent Gonzo. Please be aware, Delta Green games contain uncomfortable topics, including graphic violence and depictions of mental illness. Let's begin. Okay, let's review, shall we? Um, I've written some stuff down um, because quite a lot of stuff's happened. You've received quite a lot of information um, over the last few sessions, over the last couple of days in the McAllister building. So, first off, you've both been suffering from quite strange dreams. Gonzo, you've been having sleep paralysis with Kim Granger standing in the corner of your room. She kind of hovers over to you uh, before you can wake up and move and has recently started repeating, I thought you liked me, over and over again. Nero, um, you see your daughter Sarah and she stands on a, on a lake with two red suns overhead and a city is a scene underneath the lake, its lights twinkling up at you. But it's not Sarah, it's a, it's a mannequin of her and she says a strange phrase. Smooth is the hand that makes the world, and steady is the mind that grasps it. So when you got into the McAllister building, you interviewed some of the other tenants. Thomas Manuel, um, he lives down the hall from, from Abigail, and he had nothing but nice things to say about her. They weren't particularly close, but he never noticed anything strange about um, about her, and about her leaving. He didn't, he didn't 
see her leave or anything like that. Roger Karen was the same. He's also on the first floor. Uh, he's pretty much said the same thing. She, he didn't really know her that well at all. He saw her in passing. She wasn't any trouble. The other, uh, the other tenant you talked to was Michelle Van Fitz, who was very combative um, and not a fan of the police, which she immediately identified you as. You got no info from her, and she slammed the door in your face. What a bitch. Uh, <laughs> you investigated the basement after Thomas Manuel said he keeps all of his art supplies down there as a little studio. In the basement you found a few strange paintings. One was a blank canvas labelled My Great Work. And one of the other paintings, paintings was an exact replica of the clown Agent Nero saw in Hyde Park. In Abigail's apartment um, there were lots of strange pieces of evidence stuck to the walls and ceiling. Um, one was a picture of a middle-aged couple with their eyes scratched out and a strange hand that's in the back of the photo that looks like a, like a harlequin arm dressing kind of clown with a white glove. Horrible. One's a receipt which is from Abigail Laura for £850 for one month's rent for apartment 10B, which you found out that no one's lived in for over four years. You also found a boarding pass for one Michael Whitwer, and the date on that boarding pass was 6th of June 2015, which is 20 years in the future. You found a map written on um, some kind of lettering. Sorry. A map... Um, drawn on a bit of paper with a header of a hotel broadle bin in New York City. Uh, and on that map, there's some, some tunnels. It says elevator, basement, some strange tunnels, and a JL bottle written on there. You also found a, a page from what looks like a play, but with the tenants of the building talking to each other with someone called Mark Roark. And at the end of that, it says enter agents which you found very spooky you went <laughs> I like the spooky noise <laughs> agent Gonzo found an old radio like an old World War 2 radio backpack which he picked up the receiver of and heard um, kind of a staticky message or it wasn't even a message it was Kim Granger when you were at her house staying for the night and she woke him up in the middle of the night trying to convince him to come and decipher the, the woody with her, um, saying that Agent Nero wouldn't understand and we need to go and decipher the wood ourselves and she ends with, I thought you liked me, over and over again, much like his dream. And you also heard a dog softly barking at, at various points. Uh, you definitely heard it when you were in 10B. You went to the Art Life office and talked to Cynthia Lachance, who told you that everyone in the building had stopped paying rent, and whenever she had tried to talk to the residents to solve the situation, they seemed disinterested. She mentioned that Art Life, the company that owned the building, are interested in evicting all the tenants to renovate. Near the end of your investigations last night, um, uh, a library card seemed to, seemed to drop down from the ceiling and land at your feet. Um, 
and you went to see what books Abigail had been taking out the library um, and you read some of those books, researched, and you learned that Henry Lundeen was the original um, builder or he was the original owner of the McAllister in the 1920s. He was found dead from a stroke at the foot of the stairs to the roof, dressed in silvery plastic robes and a paper mache mask. His son, Charles Lundeen, had also been found a few years prior after hanging himself in the ballroom. The architect of the building, one Asa Darabondi, disappeared in 1950 and was suspected of drowning as many as 20 children. He was declared legally dead by his mother in 1961. And a picture in the book, The Devil's Craftsman, which is about um, Asa Darabondi, uh, had a photo of him standing in front of an Art Deco hotel with a bee emblazoned on each door. A lot to review, but uh, I thought I'd give you maybe something, maybe something you guys might have missed, or you know, kind of giving an the overview. The name of the book. So yeah, thank you. Um, <clears throat> um, and that's kind of where we are. I think we're probably around five or six o'clock. I think. And you, you're in. You've just been. You're at the library. You've just finished kind of researching the the Devil's Craftsman. Hmm. So, you know, we, we've just had this discussion about really since since Hard Park, and what was that three days ago? Two days ago? These are my points of investigation. That canvas, that said my great work. Perhaps, perhaps that's in reference to the architect thinking this building is his great work and some, something dangerous is happening there. Perhaps we should look in the basement again. And we've got several references to the clown. We've got that photo, that weird freaky photo and that painting. What do you think? Maybe we should speak to this clown in the park? If, if they're even there? And who is... Who is this Mark Roark in that play? Have you heard of him? No, I can't say I have. It's, um, I mean, he leads better than mine. I just think... I, mean, I want to find this elusive fourth floor. That's it. Well, yeah. There's one more. You also, mm-hmm. sorry, you also have um, more cataloguing to do at Abigail's apartment. Yeah. How far through it do you think we are? We're two days in, aren't we? Yeah. Out of three. Yeah. So you're kind of there's still some work to do, but you're nearing the end now. Okay. I uh, look. I I think any lead is is better than just endlessly photographing things just for a day. Let's just let's go see if this crazy boy monkey, another monkey, child's in the park, and then <laughs> I uh, don't know why you keep getting monkeys from. There's, there's in my no mind, monkeys at all. I'll, I'll tell you what he looks like in my head. You know, in uh, Jumanji, where the boy becomes a monkey. For some reason, he just looks like that. <laughs> He's just like half boy, half monkey clown. Half boy, half Standard. monkey clown. Yeah, you know, as you often find. So. Uh, <laughs> I I agree. Yeah, I think 
I think we go looking for the clown boy. Oh, there's, there's one more thing that's really bugging me. That book written by, uh, what's his face? Uh, Roger Curran. Nightseed. I know I lied to him and said that I'd read it, but I wonder if we can pick up a copy. There's a bookshop open. Just have a skim through. Uh, get reading. See if there are anything, any other references to this building or, or similarities are, are in there. It's nothing's adding up. So I, I agree with you. We we, we should we should uh, spend a day just cutting off leads. I'll nod. I'm like, okay. What do you want? Divide and conquer, or do you want to stick together on this? Well, I wouldn't. Com- I wouldn't mind about having a day off and just reading, if I'm honest. <laughs> okay. Um, you you deal with the book. I'll uh, I'll go find this freaky clown child in the park. I think I got the short straw here. I'll uh, I'll, I'll come to the park with you, but I'll uh, I'll read on the bench, you know, just in case anything happens. <laughs> I'll, I'll lay supine yeah. on a nice blanket while you're reading, <laughs> eating grapes and drinking wine while you. <laughs> a great company you'll be while I'm off there, <laughs> creepy looking for children. <laughs> For clown children, yeah, monkey clown children, monkey. Yeah, so it's a plan. It's the best plan we've got, anyway. Yeah. So while it's right, I don't know, half six, seven, just gonna look around if there's any bookshops open, just to get it and read a couple of chapters tonight, if that's possible. You have to go to a couple of bookshops before you find it, um, but you eventually do. I've even got a little picture. Do I get the impression that it's not? that popular particularly successful yes you do yeah there it is see that yeah Night Sea Night Sea I had Night Sea written down Night Sea no it's Night Sea two moons or suns love it hmm hmm oh hello is that a red sun I don't think it's set on Tatooine no I was just thinking one of the paintings had that swirly red vortex of a sky in the background, but I get maybe I'm just trying to link things that aren't linked. Mm, I get the impression that's a fire, but anything could be possible right now. Well, as long as it's like canvas covered in jizz, I'll consider it a W. <laughs> I'm sorry, that, that, so that cover doesn't look like two red suns over a lake to you, then, Jordan? No, it does. But, but not. I, I don't think it's set on Tatooine. No. Um, and the the, yeah. the painting, sorry, the painting looks like fire. Not. Ah, so the painting definitely is fire. Yeah. Small, small meta. Where is your daughter in the the dreams you've been having? Uh, she's uh, on a the. My impression of the mannequin slash daughter is on the centre of a lake with a city beneath. Okay. Mm-hmm. How many sons? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm sure if I read this and I see comparisons, I would might make the connection and I might say to you. Okay. I, uh... <laughs> Sorry, let's just take a proper look at your character as well. You are far friendlier than your face looks. <laughs> <laughs> You look like you'd sell me cut speed in a shit nightclub. 
Yeah, Rich has um, kindly generated to found some photos based on our descriptions. Do you want to describe yours quickly, Ed? I'm really happy with mine. Mine, uh, he's got like quite an innocent face, but his eyes are just a little bit deader than they should be. And I think that's sums sad, up my character almost, perfectly. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Nero feels. Yeah, I went through. I went through. Sorry, man. No, I was just going to say Nero looks uh, like lost, very heavy uh, bags under his eyes, uh, light stubble. Yeah. Uh, very aged. It looks serious, doesn't it? Yeah. Serious. Gonzo looks just like looks he had a, a night on the heavy bags. Mate. That's what it looks like. Bless okay. Um, so you're going back to Hyde Park. Yeah. So it's um, we've we've rested because it was about. Eight o'clock. Um, maybe we'll walk via Hyde Park. See if he's there. Oh, so you're going? So is this? You want to rest for the night and go back the next day? Yeah, I think that was our plan, wasn't it? Oh yeah. Sorry, I um, thought we were going straight yeah, there. Yeah, I would just in the library. I would assume the kids. I mean, the performers probably wouldn't be out at this time of night. Okay, fair. Yeah, that's fine. Although um, it's summer, I mean, we could stretch the day out. I'm not against. So it. If we go via the park. If they're there, fantastic. If they're not, fine. Yeah, you you walk past the park and you go via the park, and there's no um, there's no more entertainers out because it's getting it's not it's still light, obviously, but it's getting late, so they've kind of gone home for the day. So where you're staying, you're in a hostel, aren't you? Yeah, cheapest chips. Are you in a are you in a shared like dorm? Are you in a bunk bed together? <laughs> <laughs> sharing a double <laughs> no I just imagined you in bunk beds and like Miro coming in and being like I'm getting the bottom bunk with Bert and Ernie <laughs> yeah I'd be happy with the top bunk as well that would be that would be Gonzo's preference so uh, um, top bunk you want the bottom yeah. bunk mate you don't want the top bunk getting out of the top bunk with, in the middle of the night to go for a pairs oh I like it I can uh, I can look across the room See everyone? Fine. Fall out the top bunk and break your neck. He's only 27. He's not much of a night pisser yet. <laughs> Whereas Nero definitely is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so while, just throughout the evening, uh, Nero reads maybe a chapter or two. I say a chapter just to get into it. Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit, um, it's a bit boring, actually, no. to begin with. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Nothing particularly exciting. So you wake up in the morning, and is it quick breakfast, Hyde Park? Yeah, grab something on the go, grab a cup of tea, Hyde Park, continue reading. Bowl of Rice Krispies oh. on the way. <laughs> bowl of Rice Krispies. Yeah. Classic. Yeah, black coffee and a bowl of Rice it's Krispies. It's 1995, so it'll be mm. a Pop-Tart, wouldn't it? Oh, well, I don't know. I don't know if you have Pop-Tarts in the UK in 95. They probably hadn't made it over yet, eh? No, I think, yeah. I think, no, oh, they look way too American. Yeah, they are. Yeah, Pop-Tarts. You've not had a Pop-Tart before, it. Oh, mate, I love them. They're, uh, they're not food, but they're delicious. <laughs> I can't have them because they've got gelatin in. Um, oh, man. Mm, nice pork jelly. Can't have having that anymore. Cool. You go to Hyde Park. You're sitting. It's, a, again, a lovely a lovely day. I think it's like um, Monday by now. Lovely warm day. Agent Nero can sit down and read more of Night Sea. Um, Agent Gonzo, you just kind of like perching up and just kind of having a look around and waiting for something to happen, waiting for a clown to come to turn up. Yeah, so I just sort of just do a few few loops and just you know take a look around, mill with the crowds, and see if anyone's setting up. 
Um, mm-hmm. Just you know, anyone that's drawing a bit of a crowd, I wander over and have a look. And then in between, I'll just go and sit down next to my very exciting partner as he reads the book. Okay, just bear with me two seconds, guys. I love it when we give the uh, handler a curveball. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm going to do nothing today. <laughs> <laughs> tell you what Gonzo but you're glad you're not reading this crap book nothing's happened yet. I'll just be there like scuffing my shoes on the floor with boredom I'm like well not really like we have anything else to do I just ignore you I'm like oh something good happened <laughs> <laughs> okay I've got something for your fucking day in the park uh <laughs> <laughs> Agent Nero Night Sea um, is a boring piece of shit of a book Um, (laughs) the general gist of it is um, it's a planet of an endless sea it's just a whole kind of sea planet and the characters in the book are uh, crash landed on this this planet in this big ship Um, and it's just about them trying to get off the planet um, and towards the end there's a really heavy handed attempt at trying to break the fourth wall that doesn't really work um, and you kind of understand why it took took you so long to find a copy it's yeah, boring derivative, not very interesting bit of a wasted read really Especially if you were a fan of sci-fi. You think this is an insult to the genre. He goes, he's, as he, throughout the day, when he gets to the point where he finishes, he goes, oh, well, it was no Dune. Tell you that. Pieces? It was no Dune. Oh, no Dune. I thought, no Dune. I thought you'd go for Doom then. I was like, yeah, I, saw, I thought it was Doom. <laughs> no, Doom. I was like, <laughs> Doom. I don't remember there being a riveting story in that, but what a fucking game. Mm. Um, Agent Gonzo, well. you don't see any clowns. The only thing that is 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 kind of of any interest. There's there's entertainers coming in and, and uh, jugglers and stuff like that, but nothing nothing particularly out of the ordinary. There was one thing that it seemed to be two people um, acting out a play, almost, it seems like. It, it's two people acting out a play, um, but they are okay. they were quite quite far away and you can't hear what they're saying. They have a little bit of a crowd, uh, but you'd have to get closer to, to, to hear anything. I'll, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll close in on them, please. I'm going to wander over. They've got, like almost full length robes on uh, and their faces are hid they've got um, they've got masks on but they're like yellow, they're yellow masks uh, and as you draw as you draw closer you hear one person or mm. one of the actors there's only two so there's two people just kind of standing there reciting lines at each other almost uh, and he starts Eyes turned inward in the dark. A phantom watches an idea of us. Sister, I fear we are toys in the hands of a monster and nothing else besides. The other person responds. Look then, beyond the footlights of the moon's toe, upturned faces lost in wonder. Why here? 
why now? So they might know the joy of the author's intent and the certainty found in an exit well deserved. And they bow and everyone politely claps. And some people will, chuck a few uh, coins into um into a hat. I just sort of not clap, but put my hands in my pocket and just sort of like just look a bit bemused. What is that? Your day in the park comes to an end about one o'clock. Can I suggest a picnic lunch? <laughs> Ooh, a nice picnic lunch. Down to nice Greg. picnic lunch. Actually, at this point, we... it will be called Baker's Oven. Not called Greg's. Oh, I think uh, would it have made it that far south? Probably not yet. Um, <laughs> I, so only the north has dirty pastries. I shit you not. It was a hot topic when Greg's came to Nottingham in 20... Oh, my God. 20, 2008. So, yeah. Wow. Would it have made it to London? Wow. Yeah, mad. Um, but, yeah, I'll uh, I'll suggest a bit of lunch then. And maybe we just... No. Making a new plan over a, over a sarnie. Yeah. Have a nice little lunch in the park. Yeah. A few tinnies. <laughs> Why not? Bologin. Why not? Eh? <laughs> yeah, Bologin. <laughs> oh, it's going to be one of those On lunches. Bit of mother's room. Um, so, no, no clown, no nothing. What was that? No. What was that play thing? Oh, just, I don't know, some amateurs that couldn't make it in Broadway and decide to write their own nonsense by the sounds of it. Some any, bullshit. Any luck with the book? It's nonsense. Few people crash crash on Planet of the Apes, basically, but it's a water world. I'm trying to escape. Nothing happens. They get wet, they get dry, they get wet, they get dry. The last few chapters are... Last few chapters, they start talking to start talking to the uh, the reader. <sighs> Makes no sense. Waste of my time. Well, the uh, as the book Waterworld has just been released one month ago. I uh, am amazed. <laughs> amazed you managed to get away with such blatant copying. But, hey, maybe he was just a, an arsehole instead of a talented troubled individual what do you think after this we should uh, do another few hours of cataloging I'm just gonna lean back in are we sat on the, in a chair on the floor what's our picnic look like I think probably on the floor yeah. 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 I'm gonna lean back on my elbows I mean I tell you what it can be Ed it can be anything you like oh. we found the shades long isn't it <laughs> Like that. The Shays Lounge, did you say? <laughs> yes. <laughs> ah, the Shays Lounge. I've bought um, my own Shays Lounge. I do lunch in the park well. Um, yes, but obviously, I'll, yeah. I'll just lean back on my elbows and just sort of stare up like, well, the one thing I've gotten from all of this is that I should become an artist, get some cheap, affordable £850 rent <laughs> and just start trying less hard. <laughs> Yeah, I told you that. All right, I'm putting my foot down. No more mentioning the eight hundred and fifty pound rent. That's it now, right? We've <laughs> <laughs> had enough. Cool. Oh, um, so reasonable. <laughs> do you want to have a bit of lunch and yeah, you're going to nip back and do some more cataloging? Yeah, yep. I think so. Yeah, lovely. You get back to Abigail's flat. 
it's looking quite bare now. Um, at, at least the walls and the ceiling are. There's there's obviously a lot of stuff on the floor that you've catalogued and packed away and photographed and written on the manifest, which is good. Get towards the end now. Let's have a couple of search rolls as you, again, pick up your little Polaroid cameras and start to document all this weird stuff that uh, is on the walls. 34 under 60. 57 under 63. Oh. Well, Agent Nero. I hate it when you go, well. As you- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really if something's news, coming, that is the prepare yourself well. <laughs> While you are cataloguing, you hear the radio backpack hissing as you're cataloguing. Would you like to pick up the receiver? Um, I walk towards it, and yes, I will. Okay. Stand by. So first off, the silence, and then you hear... And then we found... The only thing I can think of was to describe that we found an angel. No one gave me. And then there's a bit more silence for a while. It literally cuts out, there's nothing. And you're about to hang up when it kind of, some more static comes over the radio and you hear... India. Moon. Dallin. Exeter. Lake. And then it goes quiet. The second bit were they the words India, Moon, Exeter, Lake? Yeah. Dallin. D A L L O N. A N, yeah. Dallin. Okay, and the, and the first bit I didn't I I didn't hear really too well. I got the impression it might have been my voice. You remember it? It was you talking to Agent Gonzo in the car. Yeah, explaining um, how explaining you... how I got involved. Yes, you said that you found an angel mm. on one of your digs, and no one believed you. Yeah. Can you roll sanity for me, please? Of course. While I'm rolling, what simultaneously is happening is I drop the receiver. Yeah. 89 over 67. Oh. Oof. Okay. Hmm. Uh, take one point of sanity. Mm-hmm. Damage. Yeah, it's very odd. You drop it to the floor and Agent Gonzo turns around. Are you... Okay. You all right there? You, you know. Then I'll, I'll just I'll just look at the backpack, and then I'll just be thinking like, oh god, maybe I didn't imagine it. I've gone super pale, and Gonzo just is reliving his voice in his head, and says, "Do you, do you, you, you remember in March when I oh, was in March? Was it sorry? It was January. Yeah. Do you remember him?" January when we drove drove around in York. Yes. No one. What about it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh-huh. and, and I told you about that angel. Yeah, the uh, the one that they got you all into this. Then I sort of gesture to the sky. 
No one else was with us, would there? No, just me, you, and the the M6. I think we wouldn't have been on the M6 though. We'd been lost if we were. <laughs> Insert road name. I just, I just heard a recording of myself telling that story, almost verbatim. And then I'll just start to go a little bit cold. I get a bit of a lump in my throat. Like, oh yeah. I think I heard something as well. I stare at the ground. Oh yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember Miss Granger? I can't forget her. Well, I've been, uh, I've been having some bad dreams recently. I thought I was just, uh, just hallucinating from being tired and staring at typewriters stuck to the wall for too long. But I am... Um, I think I heard her voice in that little devil's box over there as well. Devil's box. <laughs> well, you're not the only one having dreams. I've been having some weird ones myself. Ones of my my daughter. Well, she's not my daughter. She's a mannequin. You know those plastic ones you see in shops, and she's on a lake. She's standing in the centre, and below her is a a city and then she says you know it says something weird it says uh, God something about um pause insert silence scroll through whatsapp <laughs> <laughs> quiet is the I know hold on I got it I got it for the edit still is the hand I got it hold on Smooth is the hand that makes the world, and steady is the mind that grasps it. Ah, yeah, that's it. So close. That's what she says. And she's... She's saying, smooth is the hand that makes the world, and steady is the mind that grasps it. I can't get those... I clearly can't get those words out of my head. I just don't know. And then he pauses for a bit, a little bit, and starts repeating the words... In, uh, under his breath, breath to start with but then louder India Moan Dallin Exeter Lake could, could I make um, some sort of intelligence check to see if they connect to the book or if there's any connection to anything relating to this um, operation sure roll roll in times five a five under seventy-five. Oh, oh, nice, um, nice. No, there's, there's, there's nothing that you've seen in the book or on the walls or anything that really connects. Um, the only thing that that really kind of connects is lake because you've been dreaming of Sarah standing on a lake. Moon, the the lake she's standing on, they has twin suns above her, but sometimes they're pale enough to maybe be moons. But um, yeah, nothing nothing that immediately comes to mind that you can you can connect. And um, the twin moons, am I sort of seeing a comparison between that and the twin suns in the dream? Yeah, but yeah. nothing nothing too strong. No, I'm imagining um, as your both saying this and, and, and discussing things and Agent Gonzo is still well, you're both still cataloguing but Agent Gonzo lifts up lifts up a bit of paper 
and finds something else stuck to the wall, which is like a large bit of wax, wax paper with like a map, another map drawn on it. Hang on a minute. That is. I'll uh, I'll pick it up. Am I okay to remove it from the wall, or is it like firmly stuck? It's pretty firmly stuck. Yeah, you can remove it with some effort. Yeah, if I can remove it without damaging it, I'll uh, I'll give it a yank, please. Okay, you yank it off, and as you as you as you get it off, it comes it comes off quite easily actually, luckily. And as you do, it reveals something else that was laying underneath it, which has been a large, large bit of paper that has been underneath a lot of different different bits, and it's finally been revealed. Oh, shit. Can you both roll sanity for me, please? I'm not looking. (laughs) 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 That is 63 over 60. Okay. And that is 68 over 63. Lovely. For you. Yes. Um, You both take three points of sanity damage from helplessness. Fucking... Simple. Uh, there's a, a bit of a sense of melancholy, maybe a bit of despair upon seeing it. It, it, it lends a, a kind of vibe to the room almost. Um, mm. That unve- unveiling it feels bits, just a bit full with despair almost. I'm just going to throw Nero a look, just like a. Oh, God. My eyes just sort of just like saying that, and uh, take a step back from the picture. But as I do, I'm just gonna keep the the hand drawn map in in my hands. Yeah. So you you both like he, he rips the map off and it reveals this this strange symbol again. Um, the one that you you both said maybe there's a W in there, maybe some letters and stuff. Yeah. And a lot of different stuff that you, you it was the same symbol that. Agent Nero saw the clown drawing in Hyde Park um, that you also drew on a scrap bit of paper earlier. Um, so that's been revealed, and you, yeah, as I said, feel, feel a bit melancholic about it. Um, but then there is also this this strange map. So as Gonzo takes a step back, Nero's gonna. <laughs> he just feels like heavy in his system, that sort of melancholic, drained. Uh, feeling, and he he's gonna find any bit of paper and just cover it. But I must, there must be hundreds of pins and blue tack around. Um, yeah, he's gonna yeah. cover it just to be like, I, I need to not look at this. Using some of the very specific glue that we have. Just yeah, to the exactly. Yeah, have a look at that map. So what we've got, we've got essentially, a, it looks like a floor plan of the building. Yeah, that is this building. Um, the hand-drawn, but... Very well done as well. I mean, there's there's some interesting... Does that say night floors on the top one with a, a corridor that goes off to somewhere that doesn't exist? Yeah, so if we look from the bottom, I'm just going to move some the items around. If we compare the two, if we look at the ground floor... In Roger Caron's apartment, there's, what's it say? Man briefcase and white shoes. 
That's the description of his room, or him, maybe. And then... Roses and butter. And that's in the... In... Closet? Abigail's? Abigail's closet? Potentially. Then I'll, just, I'll look at you and be like, you're looking in the cupboard. <laughs> um, and then on the next floor, on the first floor, in Lewis's apartment, it says door on 712. Door on 7-12. Um, yeah. That could have been anything. But there's a... There's a... A place out of... Michelle's apartment to the night floors. Yes. So the staircase up to the roof and from Michelle's apartment goes to the night floors. The parlour? Mr. Castan. Mr. Castain? What is that? But then also it says dead guy? In mask. Oh man. That's where he killed himself. And that's on the sec. That's on the third floor, going up to the roof slash fourth. Yeah. I, I'm, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put the map down and just look you dead in the eyes. But look, I've got to ask you a question. Uh, neither of us are here for the money. And then just laugh a little bit. To <laughs> I'm doing this because I need to know what's out there. But where do we draw the line on this? Because I don't know if I know where the line is. I suppose I never really asked ask myself the question. Am I prepared to die for it? Am I... Well, can you live without knowing what's up there? That's the real one. But Morris Gonzo, the fact that I know that there's some unnatural things out there, there's the fact that it's me and you are the ones are the ones to stop it stop it for my daughter and the children she may have when we sat in that park today you know beautiful day families on their summer holidays sitting in the park we're protecting them that architect that that bloke what's his name again or Asa Darabondi Asa it's r- rumoured that he killed and drowned those children it was just saying that these people might not do that influenced so right now I don't know where your land is but I'll do anything I can just to stop this what about you then I'm just gonna sort of look at the shoot my shoes and just like smile I'm like, eh, sure it would be nice if they paid us though <laughs> then I'll just go turn around and then sort of like go back to staring at the map uh, Gonzo actually just lets out uh, sorry Nero lets out a proper laugh just like <laughs> uh, you're right there son then I was turning around quickly but like, has anyone ever told you that your voice is a lot kinder than your face go back to work <laughs> too many times what did you notice about the map the key takeaway is that uh, Michelle, bitch Michelle's apartment and the stairs where the architect was dead go to somewhere called the night floors mm. where Mr. Castain, potentially, mm-hmm. and the parlor are. Mm. Um, but we've been up to the roof, but only in daytime. So maybe we uh, mm. need to go for a, 
a night walk. Uh, also, the parlor is in the play on the fourth floor. Sorry, smoking lounge is in yeah. a large parlor. Mm. Yep, a large parlor. Yeah. Uh, we also no- noticed um, bread, uh, roses, and butter. We couldn't quite work out whether that was in her room or whether it was in the closet. No, it's in her room, but that seems to be also a very small closet. Yeah. So on the in the um, uh, in the main hallway of the building, it says closet. You can see on our on our little map that I put mm-hmm. up. Um, I think that's like. Probably closet, as in maybe there's mops and stuff in there, you know, just general kind of janitor's closet. But then, literally on the other side is the closet in Abigail's room, or Abigail's apartment. Do you see what Mm -hmm. I mean? Is that making sense? Yeah. Yeah, cool. A couple of things that threw us were the door on... So it would be uh, Lewis's room. uh, Door on 7 slash 12. Not not very clear. And then... Mm-hmm. Man with briefcase and white shoes. Whether that's a description of uh, Roger, or whether there, there's something more to it. Mm-hmm. Um, what colour cool. are the monkey child shoes? <laughs> um, no. They're not white. I don't know. So. I don't think they'd be white shoes. Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't have a briefcase. So. <laughs> well, cool. he's got to store his weird traily thing somewhere he's a very professional man so very good very interesting so we made the decision um it's not yeah. a decision i was forced into it <laughs> um nero will open up the closet where the bread where we assume the words bread and roses lead to bread and butter sorry roses and butter bread and roses bread. is a very good pub it's a great pub rose uh, roses and butter oh in the uh, in the apartment in the in Abigail's apartment yeah just to get an idea of what that actually meant okay well it, the, the 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 closet has actually been open and it's been part of your investigation and it's been mostly catalogued so sorry bit anticlimactic no isn't fine it? fine yeah it's fine yeah. Uh... oh it must be that pile of roses and butter that she uh, has <laughs> <been> <laughs> strangely enough it's one we've already yeah. catalogued <laughs> Cadbury's roses and yeah. butter spread everywhere <laughs> Other brands are available uh, for when we get sponsored. Yes. So, um, so yeah. Where would you, um, where would you like to go? Where would you like what to do? time of day is it? Um, it's getting towards eight o'clock. The sun is setting. It's getting dark. Becoming night time. I think we know what we need to do. Federalist. And unless you want to have a very awkward conversation with the lovely lady Michelle, I think we should try the roof first. I think we also should. Sp- take out her apartment and see if she leaves at any point and break in. I am open to ears. How do we do that? Open in to the ears? Corridor? Open to ideas. Oh. <laughs> That's not a saying. Do you have any ears? I'm open, open to, to them. Ears. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I am, my ears are open to ideas. There we go. Um, about how we do that. There's just, just the corridor and uh, right. how we meant to know when she leaves. We stay out front. Not in the... Um, so, looking at the map, we're on the first floor, we're on the ground floor. Um, Abigail's apartment will look out towards the front. Let me just look at the main map. Mm-hmm. We could we could stay in here and maybe see her go, or hear her go, um, or we get here super early 
and wait out front and just stake out. And when we know that she's left, I actually might have an idea. I'll just pop in that the entire time that you've been here, you have not witnessed or heard anyone coming or going from the apartment. Her apartment or any? Any apartment. And no one has come in or left the building, apart from yourselves and Zoheb Zayed. Zayed Zoheb, which is the, uh, the detective. Detective, yeah. You haven't seen or heard no one coming or going. No. And you, you feel like you could at least probably see someone leaving um, out of the window of Abigail's apartment because you are on the ground floor or the first floor uh, the front facing apartment um, and not only that you're you're next to the main entrance mm. um, and you would hear the doors probably swinging open and closed mm. what if we uh, try and bait her out shall we uh, do the the, seat of the roof first and then uh, come up with a bit of a plan depending on what we found there alright I think it's probably the best idea are there any weapons around? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, what, what can I see stuck to the wall in front of me, Rich? <laughs> what can you see stuck to the wall in front of you? Yeah. You're taking the piss? Is there anything there like a, uh, <laughs> a like a baseball bat or like some kind of like rolling pin or something that I can pull yeah, off he's taking the, he's and not arm particular. myself he's with? He's taking the piss, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he is. Is there, a, is there a makeshift weapon I can suddenly find in front of me? Yeah. Oh, there happens How about to be a, no, a motherfucker. <laughs> oh man, that flamethrower looks so promising. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. there's no makeshift weapons for you. No. No, that's fair enough. I am a surprisingly sufficient in hand-to-hand combat, so it's okay. Oh, that's all right then. <laughs> yeah. So if we if, if we wait a little bit just to make sure the sun properly goes down. Yeah. Yeah, it becomes night. It goes to like nine o'clock, let's say. Complete dark. You want to go up to the roof? Not really, but Is yeah. Is that where you're going? <laughs> <laughs> Not particularly. Uh, yeah, we'll go to the third floor, yeah, Ed? Yeah, let's, let's make our way up. As we do, as we move through it, can I just keep an ear out? What am I saying today? Can I just uh, try and listen to any noise coming from any of the apartments yes as you go up from the first floor and you go on to the second on the second floor landing you hear down the not even far from the landing um, is Michelle Van Fitz's door and you hear coming from her from her apartment Nineteen twenties kind of swing, jazzy music. Not for the recording, but you have the best mouth trumpet I think I've ever heard. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's staying in. Um, <laughs> would you like to? <laughs> would you like to continue up to the roof? So, who heard that last time? That was. That was just you. You. You definitely. Me. I mean, you both hear it this time like maybe you look at each other and, and, and notice that you both hear music coming from her apartment oh, I'm just gonna say, look again I thought I was hallucinating but I've I've heard that before I think this map is right I think whatever's upstairs and whatever's in grumpy Michelle's flat 
they're connected. Do you, uh, you want to try the fourth floor first? And then, if we come back down, and it's still... They both, they both go to the fourth floor. I don't, what I don't want to do is get her to contact the police. You know, we could be, we could be scuppered then. No, I think we're a million miles away from that happening. But, you're right, let's stay the course. Start snapping my fingers with the rhythm. And so we, we will walk up to the third floor, up the stairs, trying to be a bit quieter now, now that we know that the music is going on. And then continue onto the roof. Do we hear anything as we walk up that far? You don't. You get up to the third floor. It's all quite quiet. Just swing round and look up the stairs, up to the roof. I'm going to take a look at you and just, like, do the head nod of... After you then. <laughs> uh, Nero sighs and just starts walking up and gets hold of the handle, <laughs> opens it, uh, pulls it down, pushes it slowly, feels... What's he feeling on his face? You open a door and you're immediately assaulted by this kind of smoky atmosphere and you hear the jazz start up again. As you open the door, it's not the roof, but it's a large, inviting area resembling a turn of the 20th century men's club. The walls are covered in velvet wallpaper and overstuffed armchairs of burgundy leather dot the floor. A large hearth burns constantly in the west wall. A small bar is tucked away in one corner. It contains ice, glasses, liqueurs and liqueurs, bitters, vermouth, olives, limes, lemons, oranges. In the opposite corner, a walk-in humidor contains a wide assortment of the finest cigars. One wall is covered in floor-to-ceiling bookcases made of rosewood with a rolling stepladder permanently attached to a rail that runs along the shelves. It's a really warm, smoky, inviting kind of kind of room. Um, and lounging across the bar, like sipping, sipping, a, sipping a scotch on the rocks, um, is a gentleman who's dressed in quite old, old attire, but an old suit. Uh, and he's got um, like a trilby hat on. And he notices you come in and he, he saunters over with his drink in his hand uh, and he extends his extends his right hand for a, for a handshake and he goes, How you doing? Mark Roak. Nice to meet you, fellas. And we'll pick it up there next time, boys. Oh, that's who fucking Mark is. <laughs> Man. Oh, it's getting spicy. Thank you for listening. For more information on Delta Green, visit delta-green.com. Music and sound effects provided by pixabay.com. Additional music very kindly provided by Cryo Chamber. Please check them out at cryochamber.bandcamp.com. <laughs>